HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. My Family Recipe is a new podcast from Food52 and Heritage Radio Network, bringing you cherished heirloom recipes and the stories behind them. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Pizza Quest. I'm Peter Reinhardt, a man on a never-ending search for the perfect pizza. This show is the audio version of the Pizza Talk YouTube series, where I engage in interesting conversations with some of the country's greatest pizza makers and other artisans. Thanks for joining me on this quest. Welcome to Pizza Talk. I'm Peter Reinhardt, and we're going uh, across the pond today. I'm done with Tom Elliott. Uh, and Tom, uh, for those of you who don't know already, and some of you already know Tom, and Tom and his brother James wrote this amazing book called Pizza. Of course, it's with lots of subtitles, but the, the key word here is a book by the Pizza Pilgrims, which is you, Tom. You're one of the two pilgrims of, that authored this book. Um, so tell us all about it, because you're living the Pizza Quest dream. You're doing it out there, and, and, and you did it, and you went to a lot of places and wrote about it, so we want to hear all about it. We're certainly trying our best. It's not a very imaginative title, is it? We could have done better than just pizza. I don't know. That says it all right there. We, uh, no, we, we, do you know what? The working title for the book was The Pizzapedia. And then, first of all, we discovered that that book actually does already exist yeah. in a very different form. But secondly, we just felt it didn't, the thing that we just kept coming up about pizza is this, this love message and the people involved with it. It's just, there's so much love for pizza and in pizza and around pizza. And I just felt that the Pizzapedia was just too cold. It didn't capture that joy. Yeah, yeah. A little too, uh, too in the head. Yeah. Not enough agreed. in the heart. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. Well, thank so, you so much for having me. Oh, yeah. I've been looking forward to this because, uh, well, first of all, how did you and, and James uh, sort of get the idea and the courage to go out on the road and, and do it? Uh, well, the courage was beer. So that was an easy one to cover <laughs> up. Got a little uh, help with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The idea, I guess, was beer, too. No, but, I mean, our parents have always run restaurants and we we found ourselves in our late 20s um, in uh, we found ourselves in our late 20s in um, London in proper jobs just wishing that we worked in food. And I think we, we had so many ideas and we didn't have any money and we didn't have, you know, anyone who would give us the money essentially. So we, um, we just sat in the pub one day and we were talking about pizza ovens as a company. And then my brother had just done a cooking um, course in Northern Italy and had seen these 
three-wheeled Piaggio Apes driving round. Um, I don't know if you know the vehicle I mean, but... Well, I have it right here. For the people who don't know what we're talking about, the Piaggio Ape is this, uh, can you see it there? Yeah, the little three-wheeler that uh, yeah. are all over Europe, right? But... Uh, yeah. And, and, well, and they're, no, they're, oh, they're not all over Europe. They're, they're in Italy. I mean, like, genuinely, 10 years ago, you'd never seen one of those in London. And uh -huh. um, it's a very kind of like, it's almost like a toy vehicle. Like, um, it's an incredible thing. It, it's, it's like a Vespa, which is a motorcycle, but it's called an Ape because an Ape is a B. So a Vespa, do you have a Vespa in the US? Do you have that? We have, we have Vespas and we're just starting yeah. to get Apes. We, in fact, we're going to be uh, uh, talking to a guy from upstate New York who has who brought an Ape over here and he's got three, three little uh, uh, ovens built in the back of it. And he's, he's doing a whole, a whole, uh, he calls them nice. Cause the okay, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. But like a vet, so a Vespa is a wasp. That's why that's a Vespa in Italian is wasp and Ape uh, is bee. And uh, they're, they're essentially the same vehicle, but one of them's got a van on the back for work and the other's just for fun of wasp. So anyway, that's where that comes from. But yeah, so we, you know, we had this idea in the pub, but we realized, you know, this was 10 years ago and we knew nothing, nothing about pizza really. Um, and, you know, quite genuinely, we just didn't have, we didn't know what we know today. So we're like, look, we're going to go to Italy. We're going to buy this Ape. Uh, we're going to drive it back. And on the way, we're going to learn everything we possibly can about pizza from all, you know, from all the Italian cities that we can possibly visit. Uh, and then we're going to come back. We're going to put pizza oven in it. And we're going to set up our own little pizza stall. And it's all going to be very lovely. The first mistake that we made was we bought this Ape in the very, very southern tip of the toe of the boot of Italy. Uh, and we budgeted one week to get back. And <laughs> then we set off out of the dealership in this vehicle and realized that it had a 15 miles an hour top speed. And there, there's, there's, there's footage of us being overtaken up a hill by a jogger. And suddenly yeah. we were like, we are not going to make it through Italy in, in a week. No That's right. chance. That's right. You're in for the long haul now. It was, that suddenly it was like, we are here for a time. Uh, yeah, so it was, but it was, and that was, that was, you know, our sort of eponymous pizza pilgrimage. And, you know, we did learn a huge amount. We obviously went to Naples and we went to Rome and we, but we visited, you know, basil farms and mozzarella production places. And we made Parmesan and we made Parma ham and all the stuff that goes on pizza we saw, as well as the guys making some of the best pizza in the world. And it was just this incredible six week education in pizza. And, um, you know, we've, we've tried to kind of keep learning ever since and, you know, see all the, all the varieties across the world that, you know, has, has spawned from something that was invented in Naples in the late 1800s. So when you got back to, uh, to the UK, then did you decide to then go ahead and do, you did open a pizzeria. Did you do it? No, so we didn't. We, we took our little, exactly. We took our little truck. We, uh, we, I mean, we really, we opened the whole business was started on a credit card. We got our truck, we put the oven in the back of it. And we set up in a little street market um, in Soho, which is a sort of really sort of buzzy, creative area right in the middle yeah. of London. We just lucked out massively to get a space on this market there. And at that time, like you guys obviously had street food for years. I think it's probably something to do with weather. But in London, that, you know, in 2012, that was a brand new concept, really. Yeah. You could go and buy off a street food store. And, um, and yeah, and we just became part of this kind of crazy scene. And it got, you know... We learned a huge amount in the first year. And then I think after about 18 months trading on that market store, we, uh, we managed to find some people who believed in us and they, they helped us open our first pizzeria. What do you call the pizzeria? 
They're just called Pizza Pilgrims. They're Pilgrims. all called Pizza Pilgrims. Pizza, so yeah. that's the brand. Pizza Pilgrim is that's, the brand, and you are the, the Pizza brand. Pilgrim. So, I guess we so, are. Yeah. So when, when someone goes into the, into the store, do they see uh, photos from your trip? Is it kind of like going into a, a sort of a museum of your, of your pilgrimages? Uh, they all try to be different, but some of them do have... I mean, there's a lot of photos that we've kind of taken off our Instagram on the wall. So you, my face does adorn the wall more than I would like, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> but then each one we try to make different. So actually, the one we're sitting in here, we've got different sections. I'm just going to show you because it's just quite fun. Uh, oh, I love this it. Section, yeah. This section is the, the Parmesan section. So we're actually closed now, obviously, because of uh, COVID. But you can see this is, uh, we just got all these like half wheels of Parmesan when you walk in. You kind of walk through this corridor of Parmesan. So the idea is that each section of this restaurant, so this is supposed to be a sort of Tuscan wine cellar. And then you've got Parma with the Parmesan. And then upstairs, we've got sort of cobbled streets like Naples. And we've got sort of, uh, we've got like laundry hanging from the ceiling and, and things like that. And then there's- But, an but all those wheels of, of Parmesan, that we said, those are real wheels of cheese that are there? No, no, they're fake, but they're, they're very good fake. Like, they look pretty real, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have to I was, them to believe they're not real. I was going to say that's a lot of inventory if either those are real wheels of cheese. <laughs> so we could so, afford uh, it. They cost twenty-five grand each. Those wheels, oh, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking. Well, you're in the wrong business, man. You're in the farm business. <laughs> um, so, so, and your style of pizza is pretty much based on what you learned uh, over in Italy. It's more Neapolitan style, or do you do different styles? Yeah. No, we are very much a Neapolitan pizza business, um, and have been since the start. And I, you know. Naples does really have our heart with pizza. It was, it was the first place really that was famous for pizza that we went to on the pilgrimage. And I don't know if you've been to Naples or not, but those, those great Neapolitan pizzerias, when you, when you eat there, you're yeah. just like, this is, there's yeah, something the, unbelievable about it. Exactly. Yeah. They set the bar yeah. real high for you. In fact, I just had I breakfast think, the other day with a friend of yours, Paulie G from Brooklyn. Oh, Paulie. Feature in the book. And Paulie was coming through my town, Charlotte, and so we had breakfast together, and he told me that he had been to your place in London. And I said, well, how's the pizza? You know, and he said, pretty damn good. <laughs> so that was high <laughs> praise from Paulie. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was very that impressed. Is, that, is, that is actually praise from Paulie. God bless Paulie. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, I mean, the Neapolitans are amazing. And I guess, obviously, they have this thing where, you know, the mozzarella that they use for their pizza was made, like, that morning, five miles away. Whereas, yeah. you know, we're in London, you know, we're a lot closer to, to, to Naples than, than you guys are, I guess. But, you know, our best hope is two, three days to get that mozzarella to London. Yeah. So, you know, they just have this blessing of like incredible ingredients on their doorstep. Um, yeah. Well, well, you and your brother, you know, basically were on the road together. First of all, not, not every pair of brothers can coexist for that long, you know, in, in cramped space. Like, how are you guys similar and how are you different from each other? And what did you each bring to the pilgrimage? I, I mean, I think the only reason we make it is that we are, we are very different in terms of, um, you know, James is just the internal optimist and his brain just works in a way that I just use creative and just always comes up with stuff that I just never would have thought of. <laughs> And I'm the kind of like, right, what's the plan? How do we like make sure this is all on track? <laughs> have we done a spreadsheet? <laughs> Always need a spreadsheet. So, um, who's yeah, older? We are very different. Yeah. Who's, who's the older? older? I'm older. You're the I'm older brother. brother. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. So I always get the final vote, so it's fine. <laughs> right. But he gets to come up with all the, the, the wild, crazy ideas. <laughs> always, always. 
So, and then in terms of how you divide the work at the at the uh, at the pizzeria, do you each do you both work on the line? Do you both work the front and the back, or how does that? No, so, I mean, sadly, you know, those days we do try and get into the pizzerias as much as we can. But you know, when we opened that, when we did the van and we opened that first pizzeria, I, you know, I I was the manager. I ran the front of house. My brother ran the kitchen. So he's very much the food focus, and I'm, I guess, some of the, you know, I guess, customer and like spreadsheet you focus. The business, but, you know, yeah. As with everything, you know, you start a business to get away from an office and a desk and slowly but surely you creep back to that same place of like yeah. being at, at a some desk. point you got to you got to solve problems and you got to manage people and you've got to manage payroll and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it's a sad truth. But um, but no, we, we are very lucky. We've worked together now for eight years. We've not had a falling out. As yet, Christmas has not been cancelled <laughs> as yet. And, uh, and maybe this year it will. God knows. Um, but um, yeah, it's uh, no, it's been an amazing, an amazing journey. We, you know, we have, we have navigated our way through it somehow. Well, you fe- you feature a lot of great people in the book, and which you, is sort of like the the blueprint of your pilgrimage of all these places that you got to visit. You know, we call our th- our our version Pizza Quest, and you've got Pizza Pilgrimage. I feel like like we need to get the quest onto your onto your uh, you know ape and you we need to get you on our bus then we go out together and kind of combine forces because you're hitting places that we'd love to hit and we'd like to take you to places that we've seen too you have Absolutely. any plans to I mean, do we're, another we're, round we i mean we're on you know i think we we just want to be on this pilgrimage forever and exactly like a quest in a pilgrimage i mean there's a marginal difference there right we're we're doing the same thing so we just it's just to be here. different words for the same thing. Yeah. And, and we're finding, of course, the, the reason, and you're finding it too, I'm sure, that there's a whole lot of people like you and like us who all want to be out there on the bus, on the ape, on the pilgrimage, uh, because it's kind of a dream that everybody would love to be able to go to these amazing no, areas. Absolutely. And, but I think it's also, you know, you, you, you'll know this as well, like, the, the bit that I just love about the pizza world, and it's actually very true in America, like, the people are so amazing. Like everyone we meet who works in pizza, they just, they're so passionate and they're so into it. And they're so just like interesting and exciting and excited. And that's the thing that the book just kept throwing up is like the people who dedicate their life to pizza are some of the best people in the world. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of like, we felt like we found this community of kindred spirits who all, you know, very generous, number one, you know, very friendly, Absolutely. very, uh, it's not, it's not a world of secrets and protectiveness. It's, it's really a lot about sharing. Absolutely right. And I guess that's, you know, that's what pizza is, right? It's a, it's a thing designed for sharing. There's, there's so many exactly. like things that just, uh, you know, these, these common themes throughout. I mean, a question that we asked every single person that we interviewed and we interviewed poorly and we've interviewed just, you know, we interviewed poorly, but we also interviewed like the CEO of Pizza Hut. And then we tried to, you know, so we tried to like, just get this breadth of like, let's try and get someone from every different kind of pizza. And, just, and one question we asked every single one is like, why is pizza this sort of transcendental food for humanity? Why do people talk about pizza like they talk about their wife? Like, or why is it that this, the, the food that they turn to when their time is hard? You know, they talk about pizza like this thing that they couldn't get through life without. And no one yeah. talks about a burger like that. Um, and it was just, it was so interesting. Like all these people just had such different, answers for why pizza is you know just held on this pedestal Paulie's was a great answer he was like it's one of the few things in the world where ten dollars can get you the best of it 
like uh, you can never you yeah. can never drive you can never drive the best car you can never like necessarily have the best house or the best job but for ten dollars you can walk off the street and buy the best pizza in the world and that that's a rare thing for most you know you can't do that with steak or yeah um, yeah cheese or whatever you know what I mean well, that's a great insight. And you know what? I'd like to hear more about this this part of the, the, the sort of the takeaways, the little gems and the golden nuggets that you and, and your brother came up with during this travel. So why don't we take a little break here? We're going to come back in segment two. Uh, you know, we'll be back with Tom Elliott. Uh, we'll hear more about the pizza pilgrimage that he and his brother went on, uh, the work that they've done. And, uh, you know, really looking forward to kind of like some of the anecdotes and stories, the highlights of your trip. Stick around for more Pizza Quest after a word from our sponsor. Good food is worth a thousand words. This is Arthi Menon, and I'm delighted to share a new podcast with you. My Family Recipe from Food 52 and Heritage Radio Network. Adapted from Food 52's much-loved column of the same name, the My Family Recipe podcast will bring its pages to life. Each episode of My Family Recipe brings you a cherished heirloom recipe and the story behind it from voices across the world of food. We'd open these tubs of dough and they would exhaust these incredible yeasty fumes and it just smelled like nothing else. It was so intoxicating. I'll interview writers and chefs, parents and children about what's passed down along with the foods that we know and love. Chinese people aren't like born with a download on how to like velvet chicken. You know, like that's not something that just like comes to you. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Pizza Talk. I'm Peter Reinhardt. I'm here with Tom Elliott, uh, who's about to take us on a little tour of uh, the pizzeria, the Pizza Pilgrims, uh, with which he and his brother started. Hey, by the way, this is the book, this incredible book, uh, Pizza, of course. Uh, and of course, the book looks like a pizza box. Right? That was the fact, plan. It even says "hold book flat." I love that. All the little, the little fun things. It looks like you guys were just having too much fun, basically doing what you were doing, and, and then all <laughs> these great little trivia pieces about pizza and incredible little factoids throughout the book about pizza and uh, some of the personalities that you met. So, of course, we want to hear more about that in part two of uh, of today's conversation. But I'm just holding the book up to all of you. Uh, who want to get a copy know that you can get it. It's just called Pizza, and then the sort of the subtitle: A Book by Pizza Pilgrims. So those are the keywords. You should have no trouble finding it, uh, whether wherever your bookseller is. Uh, and I and I just received my copy yesterday, so I've already kind of like read through a lot of things, but not not from cover to cover yet. But I'm kind of picking some highlights, and I know it's a lot of. Friends of Pizza Quest already featured in the book. Paulie G. We talked about Scott Weiner, who is a regular uh, a guest on, on Pizza. He has his own show here called uh, uh, Pizza Box of the Week. In fact, I think I think that uh, he showed me a box that looks just like this out of his box collection. And uh, <laughs> as I know Scott was featured in your book. Uh, along he was. With Tony, G- Tony Gemignani, who's who's sort of uh, our American uh, Franco Pepe, so to speak. Uh, you got to visit with Franco Pepe uh, outside of Naples at his famous pizzeria. So we want to hear a little bit about that. Tom, take it away. Tell us a little bit about uh, a little bit more about your adventures. Maybe some highlights, some of your favorite moments on the road. Yeah, I mean, I think you know it, it started with the first pilgrimage back in Italy, and I think you know as as we have just you know been building the business and you know 
obviously started to realize that pizza is just, you know, so much bigger than just Italy or anything like that. Um, you know, I think we've just had these opportunities to go and do just these incredible, incredible trips. But we, we really wanted the book to be, it's something that we've been talking about for years, and we really wanted it to reflect, like, how much pizza comes into pop culture and is just part of every, you know, every facet of our lives. So, yes, we, you know, we really wanted to have some recipes. We've got amazing recipes on Chicago pizza from the guys at Gino's East and New York pizza and obviously a lot of Neapolitan pizza. Um, but um, we also really wanted to, like, kind of find some other ways where pizza touched us. So we've got, like, our favourite pizza scenes from the movies or our favourite pizzerias that feature in the movies or in TV shows. We've got a really, one of my favourite sections of the book, actually, is, like, how you eat your pizza and what it says about you. So yes. We work with this kind of like body, um, body language uh, coach. And we looked at all the different ways that we've seen in all the 10 years we've running pizzerias, all the ways that we've seen people eat a pizza. And then we've got the, we've asked the body, the body language expert to talk us through what that might say about their personality. Which I think well, what can really you fun. tell us a little bit about that? Like, like what does it mean if somebody uh, folds the pizza in a certain way or if they eat it with a knife and fork, what does that tell us? We've had some controversial conversations because Americans think you don't eat a pizza with a knife and fork, but in Italy, it's not unusual for someone to eat it with a knife. Totally normal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I think, I think the danger is that you kind of obviously don't want to type people too much, but you're exactly right. Like, people have been kind of ridiculed for eating pizza with a knife and fork, uh, you know, and been like thrown out of the system. And actually, you know, if you go to Naples, or, you know, I will happily admit that I will eat a Neapolitan pizza with a knife and fork, no problem at all. Yeah. Um, my, my favorite is the, the Neapolitan, like, you know, they're always in a rush. I don't know if you've been to Naples or not, but they're always yeah. in a rush. Like, everything is just frenetic. I think it just comes from being a city built on the edge of an active volcano. Yeah, like, that's right. You better be ready like, to go in a minute. Yeah. Every day, every day counts. Which I and if that thing about. blows, you know, no matter how fast you are, if that thing blows again, there's nowhere, there's nowhere to run, yeah. nowhere to hide, you know? But, you, but I, well, I guess what it means is, like, you've got to live every minute as if it's your yeah. last. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, because... So, but they, they do a thing called portfolio where... Uh, you take a whole pizza, a whole circular Neapolitan pizza, and you fold it in half, and then you fold it in half again, so you end up with a quarter, and then you yeah. eat it like crust down. And you can eat it on the go, and uh, you know, that, that, you know, that says a lot about, you know, if, you, if you've not got enough time to like stop and eat a pizza, or even by the slice, you know, you're in, you know you're in a rush. Very interesting, yeah. Well, pizza, body language of pizza could be a whole book unto itself. I, I, maybe it will be. Maybe it will be. So, yeah, you have, you have another book. Of, is this your first or second book, the, the, this pizza book? We did do a, a, a first book back in the day when we first came back, came back from our pilgrimage. But actually, that was actually what really kicked us off because that book um, came out. And basically, the publishers were like, love the pizza thing. That's great. But we don't think it's enough for a pizza. It's enough for, to carry a book. Like, pizza is just not a big enough topic to, right. to carry a whole book. That's we were like, think, yeah. Yeah, you're wrong. So they right. kind of forced us down this route of, you know, there's pasta in there and there's uh, puddings and there's lots of Italian stuff that we learned on our pilgrimage, but, you know, it's not where our heart is. And so I think ever since that book came out in 2013, we've been like, pizza is absolutely big enough to carry yeah. a whole book. And we've just yeah. been like hammering that point of like, who's listening out there? How can we convince someone that this is a thing? And finally, Quadrille, uh, Quadrille Hardy Grant did agree. and. Um, yeah, we worked with Sarah on it and, and Harriet, who've been amazing to, to bring it all to life. And yeah, we're just so chuffed that, you know, I mean, 
at the end, they were literally going, you need to stop now. There are so many ideas that just didn't make the book. It's uh, probably enough for two or three books, actually, and which, which could be the next stage for you. But uh, have you and your brother ever made it over for a pizza expo in Las Vegas? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So we did you Pizza been Expo in 2017, I think, in Vegas. Yeah. Um, incredible. Absolutely loved it. Just, again, just a massive celebration of all that. And well, I think if pizza. anybody ever had a, any doubt whether pizza was big enough to carry a book, if you go to Pizza Expo, then you know oh. that the doubts absolutely. are gone. Yeah. Absolutely right. Uh, my brother's here, by the way. Look, do you want to see Oh, him? fantastic. So this is, he this is James Elliott. Where, uh, there he is walking into the screen. Fantastic. James, Hello. nice to meet you. I'm Peter. Great to meet Hello, you in person, America. finally. And uh, we're just catching up with Tom on some of your uh, exploits out there as pizza pilgrims. And Excellent. we... We're, uh, we're kind of on a parallel path with you. We're the pizza questers. We, uh, our whole thing, we started around the same time. We, we started on our quest in 2010, although I wrote a book about my personal quest in around 2003 and hooked up with Brad and Jeff, uh, who are my partners in Pizza Quest, and they, they took the first book and started, uh, came up with the idea of let's go out and take it on the road. And now we're finding out that there's, there's you guys out there doing the exact same thing. As long as it's a pizza journey of some sort, I'm in. Yeah, well, it sounds like you guys, you guys have taken the journey full circle, and now you're 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 the pilgrimage point for other people to come to you. I like that. That's I like good that idea. Oh. We're finally the destination. We're <laughs> finally the destination. Put it on the box. Put it right on the box. <laughs> we want to. I think Tom had said he was going to take us upstairs and show us the restaurant. Can we do that? Can we follow you? Can up? we do that now? Yeah, I'm gonna go. Let's do it. All right, we'll follow you up the stairs to uh, to Can the I the restaurant you? portion. Now we're, we're, we're following James uh, through, the, through the palm room. This, the is, fake, this is the, the palm design fake, corridor. Yeah, we love those palms. Uh, Wish they were real, <laughs> but they yeah, sure look real. real. Yeah. Sadly, they're not real. Uh, then we go up here. So these are, so there you go. That's Toscana. We've Toscana. Now we're heading up the stairs to Naples, I assume. We're heading up the stairs. Actually, the first port call. Do you like our pizza? Uh, here you go, pizza boxes stacked up, you know it's legit. So this is this is uh, a Malfi room. Obviously Amalfi and this coast. is uh, Tom and Bloody rocking it. Alright. Obviously it looks yeah, better when there are like, humans and stuff. It's a very empty. So you've got these beautiful for people who can't see this, you've got beautiful murals on the wall that capture the spirit of uh, Amalfi Coast, Apositano, and some of the, the great uh, you know sort of tourist destinations on the along the coast. Absolutely. And then we come out of here and we go through into this. We've got another film crew in here, actually, oh. unbelievably. But look, up here we've got this is Naples area, so we've got That is awesome. All the laundry hanging from the wall. Yeah, right. The ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> now, now we feel like we're really in Naples. Yeah. Naturally right football. And we've got this amazing, like, uh, uh, sort of cobbled things. And we actually, all these tables had, like, umbrellas. Like, um, they've all been taken out now. It's a bit odd doing a tour of pizzeria in lockdown, but... Well, that's right. Um, but so you guys are in lockdown. So how are, so are you allowed to serve people indoors, or are you only serving people to come and take it, take okay. it to go? We're only, uh, only allowed to do to go, which is uh, very... Very sad, really. You know, we're we're of we're we're really a, a business for uh, to serve people, and actually, when you're well, yeah, I mean, you've got this incredible venue. It's so colorful and beautiful, and the tables are beautiful. You know, it looks like carved wood. Uh, I mean, who wouldn't want to be in there hanging out? Uh, and I'm and I'm sure we all are counting the days when we can do that again. But you got to keep yeah. the doors. You got to keep the the cash flowing. So you you got to pivot like everyone else has to the sort of yeah. grab and go. 
Uh, Absolutely. And we, we've been doing these, these pizza in the post kits as well. So we've been, uh, we created these kits that you, we've got the dough and the tomato and the cheese um, all in the kit. Let me show you here. So a kit that people can make their own pizzas? Exactly. So got a pizza box here. Da, da, da. Open it ah, up. A pizza box with got, slots with everything kind of. So you got two dough balls, tomato, cheese, uh, fiore latte, parmesan, flour for dusting, basil, olive oil. And we it's a great design. Food. I love the design where you have the cutouts for each of these different ingredients to slot in. There you go. Pizza in the post. Pizza in so the we post. Literally, we literally wrap that in wool with, with an ice pack and then you can send it to anywhere in the UK uh, and it will get there the next day um, and then you can make 48 hour Neapolitan proof pizza at home. That's a, so, so how do you keep that, the dough from over fermenting then if it's going out 24 hours? Is, it, is there a cold pack in there keeping the temperature down? No, so it, it, it's proof for 48 hours and then chilled. Um, and then, yeah, exactly. It goes, it, the whole box is wrapped in a sort of insulating material. I see, so it stays nice pack. Yeah, so it's, yeah. It's, it's posted overnight, so it's, it's, you know, it's usually about sort of 20 hours max. So the so key is that it gets, it gets there within 24 hours so that everything's still viable and good. Yeah, and no, everything's still but, cold, and then, and then you just need to make it, either put it in the fridge or make it straight away. Fantastic. Are, are people buying them? Are they selling? We, uh, we did, um, I think we did about 1,000 kits yesterday. Fantastic. Wow. Yeah, it's been a real, I mean, given we're in the middle of lockdown, it's been, yeah. um, it's been a lifesaver, really. Well, the post office must be happy. They're getting some business too, right? <laughs> oh my, I don't think they need the business. I mean, I think all of the, all of the delivery companies in, in England, I don't know about, I'm sure it's the same with you, obviously so much online shopping. They're like, we've basically been in Christmas mode since March. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's great. At least you found a way to, well, who knows, you know, how many of these things may stick around after things return to so-called normal, we may see a totally different normal where uh, we don't go back to the way it was. Um, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, yeah, I think uh, we're just, you know, we're, we're so excited about normal and I'm personally really excited <laughs> about the vaccine and whatever. But Yeah, well, yeah today, it, was, it is what today it is. We're, we're actually talking to you on the day. People will see this after we are having our little conversation, but today was the day that announcement was made that, that vaccines are going to be coming out and that, that yeah. uh, approvals have been given. So we're already starting to salivate about the next days. Feels very real all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so uh, can you give us a, like a, a, a shot of the ovens that you do when you're baking them? Of course. You know? So this is, uh, this is the pizzeria. This is the pizza kitchen. All right. This is Domenico. There's Domenico. Are you, is he your heavy taiolo? Head pizzeria in Victoria. All right. Um, Two of you together. There you go. Hey. Pizza in America. And of course, your your theme, your color theme, you've got your greens and your whites and uh, and your yeah. reds, just like just like the, the book. A lot of green, white, and red. That's, that's yeah. definitely a thing. You've got your brand really firmly established. And this is the oven over here. It's the, oh, beautiful oven uh, brought over from, from Italy. Uh, so this actually, yeah, it comes from Milan, actually, not from Naples. They're called Pavesi. Uh -huh. That's the P for Pavesi there. Oh, Pavesi, and yeah. Pil and, and Pilgrims. And yeah, they're actually gas-fired, so you can see that in the back. Ah, so you don't have to burn wood. You can, yeah. You, so it's a brick yeah. brick oven, but but fired by, by gas flame. Fired by gas, actually, yeah, which we... Yeah, which we love. It gets much more consistent. So, we yeah. think so. Anyway. Of course. How long do your pizzas bake for? 
uh, probably about 60, 70 seconds maybe. So you, you get it fired up really hot, even with yeah, the gas. Yeah, it's, it's, it's about 800, 800 Fahrenheit in there probably. So sticking really true to the to the Neapolitan style. Uh, yeah, we've exactly. seen a, we're seeing it. across the board so many different variations. Some people like to bake them for three, three and a half minutes, but in the but in the Neapolitan style, but with a longer bake to get a crisper crust. You know, there's, yeah. there's regional differences, I guess you'd say, which Always. which leads me to my question: As you were traveling through Italy, you saw different regional approaches. Not everybody was doing Naples pizza. You went to Rome. You went to uh, yeah. You went to Florence. You went to Genoa. You went everywhere to see pizza. Uh, what what kind of takeaways did you have from from those experiences? I mean, it's so interesting. I mean, nothing beats Naples in terms of, you know, that pizza's just in their blood. Like they they live, breathe pizza. Like it's the most important thing in a day in some in some cases. And that you know that really comes through in the product. I think. Yeah. And and that you know their real obsession is about the dough. Like the dough is everything. And then it goes on top of it is basically dressing the dough. And I think when you get to Rome, pizza's still a huge part of obviously Roman culture, but it's not got that like tradition. It's not got that, you know, we invented this thing that the right. loves. Well, um, cities like Rome, so, they, they don't, they don't, they don't invent things. They steal them from everybody else. And then they, and then they claim to be the best at it. Classic Roman empire stuff. They never died. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Right. Well, did you, when you were in Rome, did you get to experience the, the uh, the Bonchi style uh, Roman style pizzas there. We met we met Bonchi. Is he featured in the book? Uh, do you know what Bonchi is not featured in the book because oh he's featured in that we talk about his pizzeria and we talk about his pizza and we talk about him. Uh-huh. But we met him so many years ago and we had a contact with him that basically we, the beer provider that we use he worked with and he uh-huh. that was our line of communication and then they fell out <laughs> so we. We couldn't, we couldn't get back to him again. But what is an incredible guy. He's quite erratic. You were cr- clearly captivated by the Naples style. That's been the sort of the, 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 uh, the pinnacle for you. But when you were experiencing some of these other styles, were, did any of them kind of like give you aha moments? Or were there, were there pieces that, where you went, wow, I mean, I that's... That's, that's the interesting thing is, is you know, when you get to Rome, the toppings suddenly really come into sharp focus. And that's the bit that's exciting. And it's like... Let's try this with this and see if it works. Yeah. And that, you know, we definitely had that moment with Bonchi when you know, we were in his kitchen. Everything was just an experiment. He had this amazing moment where he, he took this like, whole handful of, um, what was it? It was like fresh oregano or agano, basically. And he, like, he took it in his hand. Like, he's a massive guy. And he basically set it on fire. <laughs> like, he set the whole thing on fire in his hand and then like, stubbed it out on this pizza. And he was oh like, burn oregano is the end. And it was just like, it was just this kind of crazy Willy Wonka mad moment. But it was that kind of experimentation. It was just like, let's just chuck it on and see if it works. Isn't that, that interesting? Felt so, that felt so different to Naples where they're like, this is how you do it. You do not deviate. We've done it this way for 200 years. Like everything like, is a science. Uh, and it's true. That, I mean, and, and I think that there's these yin and the yang and, and being able to go to the fringes of things uh, is part of how anything evolves. But when you were in Naples, you got to spend some time with Franco Pepe, who's become yeah. sort of the kingpin of, of but taking the Naples style, but also into some new directions, not just the past, it's the future with him. Uh, what were some of the things Absolutely. he was doing that were innovative? Well, I mean, he just, everything about him was incredible. We, we met him and, and chatted to him and he, um, you know, he's very... Uh, very revered like he's a very serious guy like he talks about pizza at a very sort of like cosmic level yeah and uh 
you know, he's talking about like, how do I make a pizza that cures cancer and that kind of stuff, but doing it very seriously. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. But um, he's just, you know, he's t- exactly that. He's taken all of that like stuffy, you can't change this. And he's gone, I don't buy that at all. This is, this is where you can take pizza. The one I always love, which just gets me every time with Franco Pepe, is um, obviously you say to an Italian person, pineapple on pizza, they'll go, right. absolutely no way. Like, <laughs> right. pineapple complete no. I've even got an, an Italian chef walking down going, no to that pineapple on pizza. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a flashpoint uh, issue, um, yeah. But then Franco Pepe has gone, he's created a pizza, which is like a mini fried calzone that has pineapple in it. And, and he's kind of gone, he's, and it's called, the pineapple is hidden inside the sauce, basically. And uh-huh. there's, some, there's, some, there's some clever wordplay that I'm not going to remember, but basically the word for hidden and the word for pineapple in Italian are very similar. Mm. So there's a word play around the dish, but the idea is that there's pineapple in the dish. Yeah. You get people to eat it, and they go, oh my God, that's delicious, what's in it? And then he goes, pineapple. You, you know what I find fascinating is when, when somebody who's an important influencer, like he is, you know, in, in, and, and he changes the paradigm for everybody. So all these naysayers before who hated pineapple pizza, now they're all talking about it like they discovered how great pineapple and pizza can be. A hundred percent. And I love that he has both the kind of courage and the ability to just go, there's nothing that's a no. Like, don't tell yeah. me pineapple is just a no. Yeah. Uh, I get that it can be awful, and it often is the flag post for not great pizza, but don't write anything off. And I, lo- I love that about that. It's great. Well, I lo- yeah, and, and the fact that he's, he's paid his dues. You know, he's got street cred. He's got all the credibility that you can Absolutely need right. to, to be able to set new standards for the industry. And we always need people like that. And I think you probably have some folks over in, in the UK that are that are kind of pushing the envelope and doing some great things there, and es- establishing new benchmarks, uh, you and your brother perhaps. And uh, also here in the United States, we've got, you know, we, tr- we try to feature in our interviews on Pizza Talk, all the people that we think are out there, you know, really establishing new, uh, new standards. Uh, for and there are so many. Yeah, there are. And it's like, it used to be rare. You know, 15 years ago, there were a few people that were that were willing to risk it. Now, everybody's out there doing it because some of the pioneers have made it possible. Uh, sourdough uh, pizza, for instance. That, uh, how many of the people that you met over in Italy were working with natural starters versus yeast? And how much of that influence is happening in the UK? It's, it's really, I mean, interesting. One of the biggest pizzeria companies, new pizzeria companies in the UK, is they do work with sourdough. But actually, most Neapolitans, like, that's a pretty rare thing. Levita Madre is quite, quite rare. Actually, the style that's really taking Naples by storm at the moment, which is really interesting, is this, uh, it's called, it's called Canotto, um, which is uh, Canotto. Canotto is like a rubber dinghy, you know, like uh-huh. a kind of, do you know what I mean? Those big, round, like a, puffed up edges. Uh-huh, Canotto uh-huh. pizza is like, it's taking the crust and making like really, really high crust. Uh-huh. So like, it's like a Neapolitan pizza, but with a two inch high crust. Super puffy around the edge, yeah. Super puffy, and that's, that's, they use like really complicated flour blends and like really clever use of yeast. And they honestly make a pizza that the edge is, you can cut it open, it's got like, you know, a hole bigger than a, than a dollar, dollar coin type thing. So, um, so, you know, that, so you know, certainly like sourdough, Big in London, certainly big in, in America, not big in Naples, really. Not yet, but you know, then you get a, yeah. you get somebody who who has the the credibility to change the game for everybody. Uh, and, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. 
But we see a lot of that now. I think for the first time, uh, the the back and forth between the continents, so to speak, uh, influencing each other. It used to be that we would always only here in the states. We'd always look to Europe. We'd look to for bread. We'd look to France or to Italy or to Germany, um, and for pizza we'd look to Naples. But now Naples is looking back here. The, the flour companies. You 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 feature Antimo Caputo, uh, who's the great yeah. flour producer there. But he's using a lot of American flour in his blends. So, absolutely. Well, they're, they're blending a lot of wheat from all over um, to make different blends. But they absolutely they make it like a dedicated American style pizza flour. Um, obviously, right, they're, yeah. they're you know they're, they're in the center of Naples and they're famous for Neapolitan, but. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like, obviously, you know, with everything about the world, like, everything's getting closer, and it's so nice to see, well, the original story of pizza, right, is it was invented in Naples, uh, and then it came from Naples to America, obviously, when everyone emigrated to New York and New Haven, all those places, it exploded in, in, in Naples, so, you know, went from Naples to America in, like, the very early 1900s, Yeah, and exploded in America across, you know, Chicago and everything, but actually, if you went to... So pizza was huge in New York in 1930, but if you went to Milan in 1930 and said, can I have a pizza? They would never have heard of it. Ah, like, interesting. Na Naples was huge for pizza, but if you went outside Naples, it wasn't big at all. And it only got big again in Italy when the GIs came back for World War II and actually America brought pizza back to Italy in so many parts of the country. So, you know, that whole melting pot thing, I just love, you know, the Italians have got the ownership of it and they, you know, they did invent it legit but it is a global product. Well, you know, they, uh, we, we, of course, kind of tip the hat to Naples for that, creating that style pizza. But then if, if you talk to Greeks, and I, and I know a lot of Greeks here where I live, they'll say, no, 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 we invented pizza even before yeah. the we brought it to Naples. So yeah. there's a, the story just goes on and on and on. But, and of course, Absolutely. we can talk about this for days. So we'd love to get you and your brother back for another, another visit one of these days. Uh, uh, in the meantime, I'm going to be enjoying the book you know, pizza, uh, a book by Pizza Pilgrims. Uh, what else? History, recipes, stories, people, places, and love. Uh, and clearly, your That's love for pizza is uh, infused throughout this book and the work that you're doing. Love your energy. Love what you guys are doing. And really appreciate you, uh, you know, even, you know, planting a flag right there in London uh, and making pizza for your folks. And then creating these fabulous pizza kits that, uh, that people can send for. Within 24 hours, you can have a kit, kit delivered and make um, what about baking it? What do what do you recommend to them if they don't have? Oh, the absolute uh, way it's know, in the book pizza. as well. But the absolute way to make pizza at home is just uh, the way uh -huh. you guys call it. We call it frying pan. So you, you 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 push the dough out, you lay it in the hot skillet, put all the toppings on, wait for a minute until there's some colour on the base of it, and then you get it underneath the broiler as hot as it'll go, and you can kind of recreate that Neapolitan oven heat that you just can't do in a standard home oven. Interesting. Great technique. Next time we have you back, we'll have, maybe we can do a demo and have you show people how to do I'd that. I love that. Fantastic. Great. Well, Tom Elliott, say hi. Thank you also to your brother, James. Thank you both for doing this book and thanks for spending time with us on Pizza Talk today. And thank all thanks of you who so are much. watching, uh, you know, spread the word. And when you're in the UK, uh, you've got more than one location, you said, right? Yeah, they're almost all in London. We have one in Oxford and we have 13 in London, all Pizza Pilgrims. So 13 of them in London. So oh, but, I, know. I know that's a that's a lot. And are, are all of them doing uh, pizza to go? Are they staying staying open or did you have to close them? the vast majority? are. There are some in, in the sort of financial district and stuff that are just uh, not in a good shape right now. But it'll be back. <laughs> well, it's going to turn around. And by the time all of us are brave enough to get on a plane to fly back over, you guys should be up and running again. So you know where to get great pizza in London uh, and, in, and throughout the UK <laughs> and uh, and just keep looking for the book. 
uh, Pizza by the Pizza Pilgrims. Uh, James and Tom Elliott, thank you again. And thanks all of you for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode of Pizza Talk. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Love it. Pizza Quest is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org, and connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Thanks for listening.